you between a rock and a hard place? Are you not sure if you're a sinner or a saint? Do you think you've lost your salvation? Let me take you to the New King James Version. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 12 through 14, and Jesus says, What do you think if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray? Does he not leave the ninety-nine and go to the mountains to seek the one that is strained? And if he should find it, assuredly, I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Welcome to Save the Lost at All Costs. Hosted by Save the Lost at All Costs, Inc. Featuring your sister in Christ and humble servant of the Lord, Nina S. Griffin. Good afternoon. You're listening to Sister Nina S. Griffin, and we're on Save the Lost at All Costs. We're going to open up the phone lines right away, and if you are local to join in on our discussion today, you can dial 702-650-5588. Again, 702-650-5588. If you're calling outside the Las Vegas area, we do have a toll-free number for you to join in on our discussion today. That would be 800-366-8883. Again, 800-366-8883. We are being streamed live from KKVV's website, and that is www.kkvv.com. Hello and God bless. I just waved to you. We're also being streamed live from Save the Lost at All Costs' website, and our web address is www.savethelostlv.org. If you have missed any of our previous broadcasts, we archive them for you weekly. Please visit our website again. The address is www.savethelostlv.org. Just look for our weekly archive radio ministry link. Just click onto it and it will open up and you will see all our previous broadcast the gospel is always free on our watch we encourage you to visit we have a lot of resources and encourage someone to listen with you if you have a apple device we are also being archived at itunes for free as well if you have a cell phone and most of us do kkvv has provided an opportunity for you to call in on a cell phone. It only works in the United States, but you can listen to KKVV anytime. You can listen to Save the Lost at All Costs right now, and you can listen to the call letters, KKVV 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. I'm going to give you the number twice. I strongly encourage you to make it a phone selection as far as in your address book, it would be a great phone contact, and you can share it with others. The number is 605-313-0630. Again, 605-313-0630. Okay, so I appreciate that. And you can always go to the website, verify any of the information that I've given you on KKVV's website, my website. So we're going to get into it. Uh, it's wonderful to be back in studio with you. So, um, we're going to talk about disbelief. Okay. So, um, then we need to change that, right? Yeah. That's the other one. That's the online one. Okay. Alrighty. So, uh, my engineer just had a, a message to give to me and thank you, Warren, and God bless you. So again, we're talking about, uh, disbelief today. That's going to be our topic. And we are going to look at the book of Hebrews. Now, I had recently um, did a...
broadcast about you know the hardening of heart and um, that's not what we want to happen because when our heart gets hardened it's just uh, keeps us totally separated and closed off from God Almighty and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ the Holy Spirit cannot operate in you if your heart is hardened and closed off amen so we're going to look towards the bottom of Hebrews chapter 3 and there's a couple of verses that I'd like to share with you and then we're going to look deeper into uh, disbelief so I again I'm in Hebrews chapter 3 and I think I'm going to look at verses uh, 16 through 19 and I'm in the New King James Version so the word of God says this Hebrews chapter 3 verse 16 for who, having heard, rebelled? Indeed, was it not all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses? 17. Now, with whom was he angry 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? 18. And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who did not obey? 19. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. So that's pretty powerful. Unbelief disbelief not believing God Almighty not believing his word and the audience here are believers see the people that were being spoke about were those who had been led out of Egypt who God gave them a name that was associated with him they were his people so we have to think about that See, because with unbelief, disbelief leads to disobedience. They work hand in hand. You don't obey what you don't believe. You cannot follow if you don't believe. And there are consequences. So we need to make sure that we understand that. So I definitely want to share some commentary with you. And then let's go back to what initially 
found the Israelites in this predicament of their own choosing. That's very important. So the commentary says this. The Israelites failed to enter the promised land because they did not believe in God's protection. And they did not believe that God would help them conquer the giants in the land. And we can find that in Numbers 14 and 15. So God sent them into the wilderness to wander for 40 years. This was an unhappy alternative to the wonderful gift he had planned for them. Lack of trust in God always prevents us from receiving his best. It's a choice on our part. And it's a spiritual malady that is on our part. It's very difficult to think your prayer is going to get through and you're praying to someone that you don't believe in. Don't believe that he can do what he says he's going to do. And what is it that you expect God to do when you've already made up your mind that you don't believe? Subsequently, your actions speak a lot louder than your words. So let's go to the book of Deuteronomy. And we are going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 1 and we're going to look at verse 26 and this would be Moses speaking as God has instructed him to do so again Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 26 and the word of God says this nevertheless you would not go up but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. Let me read that again. Verse 26. Nevertheless, you would not go up, but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God. See, he's not talking to unbelievers. You would never associate an unbeliever and say, your God. You would never make it personal. You would not personify it. This shows possession. So, that's the problem. And it's still manifesting in a season called now. And we see it in our homes, in our houses of worship. The blatant disbelief, unbelief, and disobedience. Not believing the word of God. Not trusting and having a relationship. See, there's a lot of people that can tell you things about Christ. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let me be specific. They can tell you 
um, where he was born. They can tell you when he was a lad. They can tell you about the first miracle he performed at the at the wedding of Canaan in Galilee. They can tell you who his disciples were. Uh, they can tell you about great sermons that he did, like one on the mount. Um, they can tell you about his death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, they can give you a lot of historical accounts. But it does not denote relationship. Because if our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is operating in you, there has to be some spiritual growth. There has to be some evidence of that. And people are very forthcoming with telling you how long they have been a believer. How long they have been a member of a particular house of worship. Uh, and even will share with you that they have some initials behind their names. That they uh, are a doctor of this or a doctor of that or they're a senior pastor of this, or a senior pastor of that, or they're evangelist of this, evangelist of that. God is not impressed with initials. He's an intentional God. So your actions speak louder than words. And it's obvious if you're growing in Christ. So... The word clearly tells us that he will not be mocked. And that what a man or woman sows is that that they will reap also. So clearly they could not enter into the promised land because they rebelled. Almighty God was with them. Brought them out of Egypt. They had conversations with Moses daily. Moses was endued with the Holy Spirit. He was truly God's prophet. And he would share with the people what God instructed him to do. There was always communication going. And let's not forget Aaron... Moses' older brother was the priest. And his sister Miriam was also there to definitely help and lead praise and worship. So the people saw those who were like them, who they had great understanding and intimacy with, and knew that it was God Almighty who was working in them and through them, and had blessed them tremendously. Everything that Moses had shared with them had come to pass. And Moses could not do anything without Almighty God. So they were well aware. 
that he was real. Their God was real. And he was the most high God. And he promised them the promised land. But they doubted that. So much to the point where scripture has revealed to us that they even wanted to go back to the land of leeks and garlic, which was Egypt. That that had them enslaved and bondaged, had no problem killing their children, killing them, taking everything from them, reducing them to nothing. And they had many gods. And none could even come close to the most high God. (laughs) Let's go a little bit further. So we're in Deuteronomy chapter 1. So let's look at verse 27. And the word of God says this, And you complained in your tents and said, Because the Lord hates us, he has brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites and destroy us. 28. Where can we go up? Our brethren has discouraged our hearts, saying, The people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sun of the Anakim there. 29. Then I said to him, Do not be terrified or afraid of them. 30. The Lord your God who goes before you He will fight for you according to all he did for you in Egypt before your eyes. 31. And in the wilderness where you saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. 32. Yet for all that you did not believe The Lord your God. 33. Who went in the way before you to search out a place for you to pitch your tents to show you the way you should go in the fire by night and in the cloud by day. We all have lives that have historical point to it things that have happened that we can well document and we know that if it had not been for God almighty on our side where would we be there are things that have happened to you there are things that you have witnessed firsthand That you know that it was nobody but God Almighty Himself who performed great miracle signs and wonders in your life. You have heard your elders speak of it. And those elders have heard their elders speak. 
when God is operating, there's nothing like it. It's nothing even close. They had seen God up close and personal. See, it's not enough to say that something happened. When you're in relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it is truly a transformation. You are not the same person. There will be a demonstration of faith. But if you are an actor, you're half-hearted, you're lukewarm, you're in rebellion. And you will not see what God has for you because you make the choice in your heart to not believe. Unbelief and disbelief and rebellion are all choices. See, they could not bring a charge. They assumed something. They had no proof that he would not protect them. They had no proof that the promised land did not exist. They had no proof that the Amorites were going to overtake them. Yet, they were quick to doubt God. Comfortable with saying that his word is not true. So that would question his character and his integrity. And that was not going to be tolerated by God. It wasn't tolerated then. And it's not going to be tolerated now. See, you cannot... Say you believe without evidence of that belief. There will be fruit that you will produce. And that seed that exists in that fruit, in my opinion, would be your faith. See, those who have faith are able to demonstrate it. And they demonstrated none. Because they didn't believe. And what is it that they have in common with the promised land if they don't believe the one who made it available and possible can't? Be careful, 
men and women of God, what you speak into the universe over your life. Because a lot of you are blocking your blessings because you are attempting to tell God what he can't do in your life. Remember, he created you. You did not create him. So you have to be very careful what you're projecting onto the most high God of all creation, heaven and earth. And then we look at our Lord and Savior. He defeated death. He paid for all of our sins, not some of our sins. We can't even die for ourselves because our blood wouldn't be sufficient. But our Savior, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, His blood was and is. And we still benefit to this day by His precious blood, our Savior's blood. He came to fulfill the prophecy concerning salvation. And he will come back again to fulfill the prophecy of his second coming. Now some of us are operating in disbelief, unbelief, and subsequently disobedience. And that's how we live in our lives. Well, there's a price to be paid for that based on the choice that you made. And a lot of times, you're not going to hear it. It's important that you understand that it's real. So... Let's go over to the book of Acts. I want to point out some more examples here. So we understand what happened in the house of Israel. So let's, from the beginning, so let's go over to Acts and see what's going on here. Now the book of Acts lays out the Acts of the Apostles. So, we're going to go to Acts chapter 14. And we're going to look at verse 2. It says, But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brethren. Wow. What an indictment. That would be going on today. That those of us who profess to have a relationship with our Lord and Jesus Christ who say we're believers there are some among us that are poisoning those who 
want to know more. Really contemplating having a relationship and giving their life to Christ we cause confusion. We are stumbling blocks. That is one of the worst things that you want to do is be a stumbling block. You want to operate in the guise of a believer as one who follows, as one who obeys, yet you have mischief in your heart. You create chaos among those that believe in your homes, in your worship environments, with your children. We have to be mindful, men and women of God, that people are watching those who believe. We're living in very perilous times. There are a lot of things that are going on. A lot of rumors of war. A lot of discontentment. A lot of people. Being victimized. A lot of hate. A lot of elitism. A lot of greed and deception. A lot of hardening of the hearts. A lot of me, myself, and I doctrine has no room for kingdom unless it's about being a kingdom unto yourself. And that's dead on arrival. It will not prevail. Against the kingdom of God. Man is incapable. Of comparing himself. To the the most high God. In all heaven. And earth. No. Where would we be without our Heavenly Father? Where would we be without our Lord and Savior? Where would we be without the Holy Spirit? Yet, we talk a lot. But to have relationship, that requires something divine. That requires something supernatural. It's easy to judge. It's easy to point fingers. It's easy to walk away. 
and go to the next thing. Oh, but it takes commitment. It takes a real supernatural divine thing called unconditional love to stay, to operate in faith, to serve a God that you cannot see, but yet you know exists because had he not been on your side, you would not be able to listen to what you're listening to right now. Oh, he's a healer. He's a deliverer. He's a way maker. He's all righteous, not some. He is the epitome of grace and mercy. He has gifts and blessings for us that we cannot even count, let alone deserve. His word is transformative. There's nothing like it. It will not come back void. All over the world, people are hungry for it. It can make the blind see. It can take the scales off of eyes. It can soften the hardened of hearts. And it has a plan, a true plan for everlasting and eternal life. Yes, it's the kingdom of God. Yet, there are those that want to discourage others for partaking in the gospel and they did not create the gospel they do not own the gospel their blood is not shed for the gospel our savior did that our lord and savior Jesus Christ did that he gave us it and we have a mandate to share it and to live it. And to treat others better than we treat ourselves. And to love God more than we love anything. For those of us who believe and those of us who are in relationship, this is required. We're not required to give poison. We're required to give unconditional love and care for those as our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has cared for us. And if you receive that care, you're obligated to give that care. And we all have. Even when we didn't ask for it. I didn't deserve it. That's the kind of Lord and Savior we serve. So as we 
are in relationship with him, we are to emulate him. And he was always obedient to his father. Even to the point where he did nothing without his father. Imagine that. Obedient unto death. How blessed are we because of that love and that obedience and that commitment. We're going to go over to Acts 19 and we're going to look at verse 9. Get over here and find it. Okay. And let me find it. Verse 9. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them, withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannius. And talking about the Apostle Paul. Now, that school would be the prototype for what we know as a seminary. Paul was in Ephesus at the time. And he spoke in the synagogue for about three months. Until the Jews forced him to leave. But the training of the gospel continued. And he left and continued. But in this school, he was there lecturing and had daily discussions. And this went on for about two years. So I wanted to let you know what was going on in that school and it probably would be equated to modern day seminary and he discussed theology theo meaning God ology the study of so Paul was at his post and see he was creating disciples for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ based on the word of God and he was willing to Truly be an apologetic. An apologetic is a defender of the faith. So it gives real great encouragement to those who are coming up. And having a heart and desire. To serve. So when they hear the call. From the Holy Spirit. They will be able to answer and understand what it is that is required of them and be intentional in accepting the assignment and proclaiming the word of God and preaching and teaching the gospel 
and not just in a certain geographical location, willing to go to the outermost. Going into the highways and the byways. To the dark. To the forgotten. To the rejected. Letting them know that there is a seat for you too. In the kingdom of God. Today we're talking about disbelief, unbelief. And it's synonymous with disobedience. We're going to go over to 1 Corinthians. And we're going to look at chapter 10. Now chapter 10 is very meaty. So, Paul wants to give examples here of what happened about the Israelites' behavior and attitude and choice concerning unbelief. So we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 1 says this, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers were under the cloud. All passed through the sea, too. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. 3. All ate the same spiritual food, for, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. 5. But with most of them God was not well pleased, for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. 6. Now these things became our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. 7. And do not become idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and rose up to play. 8. Nor let us commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fail. Nine, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by serpents. Ten, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Eleven, now all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our 
admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. 12. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. 14. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. 15. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. 16. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? 17. For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. 18. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? 19. What am I saying then? That an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything? 20. Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. 22. Or do we provoke the Lord in jealousy? Are we stronger than he? 23. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me. But not all things edify. 24. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. 25. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. 26. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. 27. If any of those who do not believe invite you to dinner and you desire to go eat, whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscience sake. 28. But if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. 29. Conscious, I say not. Your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? 30. But if I partake with thanks, why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? 31. Therefore, whenever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. 32. Give no offense either to the Jew or to the Greeks. Or to the church of God. 33. Just as I please. Let me say that again. 33. Just as I also please. All men and all things. Not seeking my own profit. But the profit of many. 
that they may be saved. Imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Very, very powerful. Like I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 is very, very rich. It's important that we understand the examples that happened in the Old Testament because it directly speaks to the problem with uh, disbelief and unbelief, which led to disobedience by choice. It's always a choice. There's nothing in the Word of God that would lead you to confusion. There's nothing in the Word of God that will bring chaos to your life. It is very clear that there are eternal benefits for being in relationship with all things kingdom. So I am going to go to First Peter. We have a few minutes left. So I think I can get the scripture in for First Peter. And we're going to go to First Peter chapter 2. And we're going to look at verses 7 and 8. Again, First Peter chapter 2 verses 7 and 8. Verse 7, therefore, to you who believe he is precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 8, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. Our commentary says this. In describing the church of God's spiritual house, Peter drew on several Old Testament texts familiar to his Jewish Christian readers. That would be Psalm 118.22, Isaiah 8.14, and Isaiah 28.16. Peter's readers would have understood the living stones to be Israel. Then Peter applied the image of cornerstone to Christ. Once again, Peter showed that the church does not cancel the Jewish heritage, but fulfills it. Peter portrayed the church as a living spiritual house, which Christ as the foundation and cornerstone and each believer as a stone. Paul portrays the church as a body with Christ as the head and each believer as a member. And we can see this in Ephesians 4, 15 and 16. Both pictures emphasize community. One stone is not a temple or even a wall. One body part is useless without the others. In our individualistic society, it is easy to forget our interdependence with other Christians. When God calls you to a task, remember that he is also calling others to work with you. Together, your individual efforts will be multiplied. Look for those people and join with them to build a beautiful house 
for God. No doubt Peter often thought of Jesus' words to him right after he confessed that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of the living God. You are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. We find this in Matthew 16, verses 16 and 18. What is the stone that really counts in the building of the church? Peter answers Christ himself. Jesus Christ is called a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Some will stumble over Christ because they reject him or refuse to believe that he is who he says he is. But Psalm 118.22 says that the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. The most important part of God's building, the church. So I hope that I bless you today and the lesson of disbelief, unbelief, and disobedience. It's important that we understand that this mindset and this attitude and this behavior will cause us to be separated. And our life is meant to be eternal. Don't allow your unbelief, disbelief, or disobedience cause you to be separated from your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We love you. God bless you and save the lost at all costs. It is our humble prayer that the Most High God of all creation and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, continues to bless you and yours without cease for tuning in today and supporting this great move of God with your generous donations. Save the Lost at All Costs is a Holy Spirit-filled, live-called-in weekly radio ministry that has been airing since 2005 and serving in the greater Las Vegas community. We can be heard every Sunday at 3.02 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Las Vegas' very own Christian Talk radio stations, 1060 AM and 100.1 FM. Also, you can listen to KKVV Christian Talk Radio anytime via your cell phone. Please dial 605-313-0630. Again, that number is 605-313-0630. That number only works in the United States. Also, we are audio and video streamed in real time during our live broadcast at www.kkvv.com and our website www.savethelostlv.org If you would like to re-listen to a previous broadcast at no charge, make an online secure donation, or learn more about our ministry, please visit our website at www.savethelostlv.org If you prefer, you can mail in a donation. Address it to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. P.O. Box number 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. Again, our P.O. Box number is 3358-52, North Las Vegas, 89033. All donations made to Save the Lost at All Cost, Inc. are 100% tax deductible. For more information, please feel free to call or text us at 702-219-6882. Again, 702-219-6882. We would like to thank you again. Remember to remain in Christ, stay prayed up, tune in, and don't forget to save the lost at all costs, no matter what.